You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Podcasting from beautiful East Tennessee and brought to you by BRV Studios, this is Have You Heard, our show that brings up random news and crazy events and a lot of other topics you've probably never heard of. For instance, have you heard about the research into cat poop that could one day yield mind control medicines? What about the wild story behind Forrest Finn's treasure hunt and the people who have died looking for it? Or how colleges are now handing out scholarship money for perfect attendance and community service? We have this and a whole lot more. Here is episode 52 from the Big Red Van. Here we are, everybody. Episode number 52, HYH. 42. And we've got Wade and Hayden, two-man van tonight. We're bringing you some new stories, and I'm excited about this one. I've got some fun stuff to talk about. Oh, I'm ready to make you laugh, yeah. make you cry. Cry? I guess some of this is sad. Who told you I was a crier? <laughs> loser! You're a loser! Come on now. Don't don't be doing that to me. I do, I do have a couple of things I want to cycle through before we get into our actual lists if you don't mind you're okay right, with that right. so mm-hmm. you can pick from the uh following did you have you heard first of all the story of the guy uh pitcher for the atlanta braves that almost threw a no hitter he was one actually one strike away from a no hitter oh man and somebody got a hit throughout the process of it apparently all these pulitzer prize winning uh, investigative journalists were looking up his past, <laughs> right? And they were doing looking up everything that they could find about this guy. And they find some uh, insensitive tweets that he sent out when he was like 17, 18 years old. So before he even gets off the field of giving away his no-hitter, people are asking him questions about some tweets that he sent out when he was 18 years old. Oh, my gosh. that That's one of the things. Do you want to talk about that? Like, things from your past. There was a woman that strangled a rabid fox to death. We've talked about this before. <laughs> That's like my my uh, bobcat story. And the uh, uh, wiener dogs. Yep. You know, fighting them to the death. But a <laughs> uh, serial killer who accidentally killed himself. Oh. And then uh, GM's new car sharing lets you rent each other's Cadillacs. Interesting. I'm going to go with the serial killer that accidentally killed Perfect. himself. I'm so glad that you picked that one. Because that- that's... That's about the wildest thing you said in that line of statements, I feel like. Well, I left an important part of that headline off uh, in a self-sex act. Uh, yes! That's awesome! So, he, uh, he did uh, remove the cord from a lamp and oh. uh, decided to you know expose both ends. And as you do. As you do when you remove <laughs> a cord from a lamp for... Sexual. Purposes. You don't want him to touch. At least, I mean, that's at least smart and safe. But you, he did want him to touch his nipples, <laughs> and he, so he, you know, separates them. Two of them goes to the nips, and then ties the other end around uh, his wing wang, and then plugs it in. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. And uh, the coroner said that he died because of the uh, electric current that went <laughs> flowing through his chest. Oh my god! <laughs> and this guy is uh, Germany, I think it was a serial killer in Germany, uh, hitchhiker type killer. He killed five women that were hitchhikers, that kind of thing. Man, talk about how far gone you got to be in like your like 
crazy fetish thing that's the only way that you can get off. This that, guy. That you've got to get to where you're taking 110 volts to the nipples. And balls. And balls. Yeah. That's just. Simultaneous. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. And he is on record as saying that, like, he confessed when uh, he got caught. He, he confessed to everything that he did. And uh, I'm glad you picked this one, by the way. This is a good, <laughs> good choice by you. And he, uh, he told him that, uh, oh, he wanted to be locked up, was what he said. I, uh, I'm sadomasochistic, so I kind of thought that I would enjoy being locked up. Oh, I know that guy. He's a nihilist. You know, and it wasn't as exciting enough. So that's for him. why he killed some people, so that he would get his free access to federal prison. Well, the the killing the people was like the thrill, and then once once he got caught, he was like, "Yeah, I, it was me. Lock me up for a long time. I think I'm going to enjoy being in there." Oh my god! And it wasn't enough for him. So there he goes with the lamp. Ah! There's some messed up people out yeah, there. Yeah, uh, I forget what his name was, but it was something German. But uh, that that was that was a good choice, man. I'm proud of you. Very I mean, proud of you. you just it was all the right things were there for me. So, are you ready to get started with the? Yeah, list? man, I got a funny one to start off with. So, yeah, cheers. Everybody, have you heard? So, uh, the Cairo International Garden and Municipal Park. Um, so in Egypt, of course, uh, yeah. um, they are currently all over the internet. Um, I saw this uh, this news headline in numerous places of the underwebs of silly things where I get a lot of my information from. Oh, that's where it comes from. Um, but a, an Egyptian student named uh, Ma Moon Sarhan, hopefully I'm saying his name right. I'm sure um, it's Sarhan. He posted uh, pictures of his visit to the zoo on his Facebook page. And so Sarhan said that the zoo's two zebras were obviously not zebras, and they were in fact donkeys that had been painted. Oh my god! So um, of course he shares pictures of these. When donkeys. one of them went, <laughs> and let me tell you, these are freaking donkeys that are painted white that they also added black stripes to. I mean, literally, like it's the most obvious thing you've ever seen in your whole life. You're like, those are definitely donkeys and that is the worst paint job i've ever seen (laughs) to try and imitate a zebra like they gave no care in this they were just like yeah these are zebras no of course they're zebras so even the zoo director muhammad sultan they're like no 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 i know a donkey dong when i see one oh my god you ever seen a grown man naked um he told a local radio station on an interview um after being called out about this that uh they're definitely zebras. They're not donkeys. Everybody's crazy. And that those are African zebras. And everyone is wrong. This apparently was also not the first time that a zoo has painted donkeys to imitate zebras. In 2009, a zoo in Gaza did the literally exact same thing, saying that it couldn't procure real zebras because of an Israeli blockade against them. So, you know, the whole feud between them and Israel. Is the demand to see zebras that high that you have to paint a donkey? Like, can you just say, our zoo doesn't have a zebra exhibit? Is that not good (laughs) enough? I know, right? Like, is it people freaking out because you ain't got a zebra? Like, I don't know. But also, in 2013, a Chinese zoo tried to pass off, like, a bull mastiff with a fake mane as a lion. As a small lion. It was a big bull mastiff that had uh, a fake mane on him. Well, see, a bull mastiff has a huge head. Oh, yeah. Those dogs are ginormous. Mm -hmm. Love those dogs. But, of course, nobody bought it. They're all like, uh, that's a dog. That's not a cat. (laughs) That's definitely not a lion. So, of course, the obvious thing in the picture is that uh, this zebra so 
quote unquote, zebras have small ears, and this thing has gigantic donkey ears. Donkey ears, yeah. <laughs> um, as well as it has like the pink snout, like a horse and a donkey would have, whereas zebra snouts are totally black and and zebra like and zebra like. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, the the stripes are so bad. Like when it pairs it up next to another zebra that's a real or a real zebra, this might have to be the picture I share with uh with our Instagram We can do multiple this. pictures. But uh it's hilarious. So donkeys painted like zebras. Everybody have you heard? Do you remember last summer when I brought up the topic of uh treasure hunts? Yeah, yeah, the the guy that died trying to find that treasure that's somewhere in like Yosemite or something along those All or right, Yellowstone. So you, you, you do remember it's not necessarily in Yellowstone. So there are a lot of people that think it's in Yellowstone, but it's somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. He thought it was in Yellowstone. Correct. I mentioned how he was on the scavenger hunt. It originated from a book called The Thrill of the Chase. And the book is written by a guy named Forrest Finn. Uh, which actually you can buy right now on Amazon for a one-time low price of $64.99. What? $65? $65 to go on this treasure hunt, and you got to decipher all this dude's codes. Oh, okay. So this is it's it's more than just a book. Yeah, it's like his memoir, and throughout the entire book, he has different Still, passages that's an expensive that are clues. Casual reading book. It's on sale right now. That's on sale? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, uh, $65. So, throughout the book... No wonder Barnes & Nobles are closing. Like I said, he gives cryptic clues to what he says is a map to a bronze chest filled with riches beyond your imagination, Hayden. We're talking emeralds, rubies, diamonds. He said it's filled with two gold nuggets from Alaska that are the size of chicken eggs. <laughs> and then uh, one of the prized possessions is a uh, Navajo bracelet with 22 prehistoric turquoise disc beads inlaid in silver. Oh. So he collected these over the years, and he became like a big-time uh, niche art dealer. Is it Okay, sidebar. Mm-hmm. Niche, niche. Niche. You're a niche? Niche. Okay. So he was it's, niche. It's French. As Francais. <laughs> uh, niche art dealer in Santa Fe. So we're talking to the rich people. Kind of even funnier side note, I have family that lives in Taos, New Mexico. That's actually why they chose Taos, New Mexico, is because of the art dealer history there. My oh. uncle uh, makes handmade instruments uh, out of like cowhide and those types of things. Can make flutes out of trees and these types of things, and they're <laughs> hand carved. And I can make you anything out of a tree. He can make anything out of a tree, literally, <laughs> and especially musical instruments. And hmm. he's a painter and has very, very talented. So he and his wife opened up a, an art gallery in uh, a partnership with someone else in Taos, New Mexico. Julia Roberts has like partnership in other art dealerships in the same city, hmm. and a lot of very rich people from Hollywood, come to Taos in Santa Fe, New Mexico, to go to these antiquities dealers and these art dealers. Gotcha. So when I was reading this, I was like, yeah, that's kind of like my aunt and uncle. Like, that makes sense, these mm-hmm. these people that go there. So he became somewhat of a cult legend, uh, this Finn guy, and many famous people, including Ralph Lauren, Steve Martin, and former President Gerald Ford, all made trips there to either buy things from him or attend his parties. So in those types of circles, he was a man that could literally get his hands on any Anything by talking to people through his contacts and his obsession for, quote-unquote, having the best collection. This treasure hunt came about uh, because of his battle with cancer and was intended to be like his swan song, right? Okay. Uh, he was going to write out the clues to where he and the treasure would be and then leave that like back at his house or something. 
And he was going, and it was supposed to be somewhere in the Rocky Mountains, right? Somewhere in the Rocky Mountains is a distance of over 100,000 square miles. It's not a small place. <laughs> so, but he was going to do that, take a bottle of sleeping pills and commit suicide because of his cancer. So his father also did the same thing. His father had a battle with pancreatic cancer and took a bottle of sleeping pills, committed suicide instead of letting cancer take his life once he got really bad. This was something that Finn actually said He's quoted as saying he admired that about his father, that his father went out on his own terms instead of letting cancer work his mm-hmm. way through him. So he was trying to do that. So his plan was to make this thing, this chest with all this stuff in it, leave the map and then the note next to his body that said, take the chest, leave my bones. Like this was his big grand plan. Right? Wow. So problem with this plan was his cancer, like made a turn for the better and he started to rapidly get healthier and with his second lease on life he decided that the mission was way too important to bail on now that he was alive and he was still going to do the treasure hunt and he was still going to make all of this happen so making two separate trips he strapped a bronze chest to his back and went deep into the rocky mountains to the exact spot that everyone is currently looking for so like there are tons of people that are currently looking for Mm. this i'll get into more of that He placed the chest there, and then he made a second trip with all the jewels and all the stuff, and he said he wanted to make two trips because he couldn't carry everything in one. The chest was too heavy with all the stuff in it. And two, he wanted to make sure he remembered exactly where it was. Right. So that he could make a type of story about it, you know? Mm. Then, uh, 2010, his book comes out, and at first, it's like a cult type of following. It's just, you know, little people here and there. There's only a thousand copies printed that are put in this small bookstore in Santa Fe. Right. And then it got picked up by the Today Show. And the Today Show runs an expose on this book and him and all that stuff. And 150,000 orders for books the very next day come in from all over the world. (laughs) So he becomes like a sensation, you know, from everywhere. So this dude would have indeed had enough money to have all of those things to put in this chest. Yeah, I mean, not only was he a high-profile art dealer, so his place was able to get his hands on this from all these curators, from all these people that collect this kind of stuff and then want to put it and sell it to these dealers, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it wasn't even him that had it. It was He was just the middle guy that was introducing the high-priced person that wanted to buy it to the person that had it. Right. And he was that guy and making money off that. So... He literally had his opportunity to get his hands on all of different types of things. Wow. So he took it out there and buried it. So there's a story of a guy that went looking for it, and I thought this was even crazier. Um, a guy from, uh, his dad is from Townsend, Tennessee. Oh, literally right up the road. Right up the road. The, I don't think the guy that died that I'm talking about is originally from here, but that's where his dad currently lives. And uh, he was somewhere in the Rocky Mountains looking for Finn's treasure. Before the son left, he told his father that he was absolutely certain that he knew the location of it. He'd been studying this for years, cross-checking all of his calculations, and he felt like it was only a matter of time before he got there. And he just told his dad that he was going to the Rocky Mountains. He couldn't tell his dad where he was going. He mm. just felt like it was best that he didn't tell his dad the location i'm just going to the rocky mountains bad move late in the night of july 8th of just last year i believe our episode came out in june where i talked about this Mm -hmm. because the guy died shortly after that in july of last year this guy's dad receives an anonymous phone call while he's at a wedding party so not even at his house the woman's he said there was a woman's voice on the other end that simply stated that his son was dead and he had fallen out of a raft and drowned after he questioned the voice saying this has got to be a joke the voice repeated that his son was dead and then hung the phone up. 
This is just last year. So with today's phone technology and being able to try to trace phone numbers and re- retrace who called you and all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. he was trying all of that and couldn't figure it out at all. Had no leads or anything like that, I guess is the best word. Okay. And to this day, doesn't know the real cause of his son's death. Oh, wow. There's like six, seven people that have died, gone looking for this thing. So it's now thinking that it's like a curse that you go looking for it, that there's somebody that's waiting for you to find it that's going to kill you. Like this Finn guy is still alive. He's like 87 years old. Hmm. Wow. But uh, we should read the book and go find this treasure. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, man. Like that's for sure. Will you ready for a break? I'm ready for a break. I got pee already. I'm going potty. You want to hold my dick? Hey, how's it going, Big Red Van listeners? Uh, my name is Reese Kitts. I'm Garrett Faust. And uh, we're, we're a part of a little podcast called Decent at Best. And what Decent at Best is, is we're a podcast where we ask you guys to send us in questions at our at our email called uh, decentatbestshow at gmail.com. And whatever question you want to ask, you send it in to us, and we'll answer it live on air. And we will answer them with answers that aren't great. We don't promise they'll be good. They probably won't be bad. They'll probably be around Decent at Best. Decent at Best pretty much sums up our show. We don't Google anything. Everything is all off the top. Off the, off the top of our head. So everything we answer is going to be completely first first impression, word association. So tune in to, the, to our episodes, and we appreciate it. See you guys there. Thank you. Everybody, have you heard? So this is a little story about a man named Mr. You. I believe that's uh, they're only giving you the last name because uh, they also had his face blurred out in his arrest photos. You know where my head was going with, with the way you started that, right? Now, this is a story about all about how. No. No? See, no. I thought that's where you were going. Here's a little story about a man named Jed. Oh. <laughs> Poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. Yeah. Yeah. Then one day he went shooting for some food and up from the ground came a bubble and crude. <laughs> Oil, that is. <laughs> Oh my God! I haven't Black watched Gold. That. Oh yeah, Hayden, Texas Tea. God, I haven't seen that show in so long. I used to watch it all the time. Are you impressed it, that I knew every word of that? I'm pretty impressed because it's it's probably been a decade since I've seen an episode of that show. So I I didn't the have the Beverly themes. Hillbillies did not have it memorized. Man, that, that uh that movie remake with Jim Varney as uh oh yeah Jed that was so good that was really good <laughs> so good anyway I'm sorry. But Mr. You. This, is, U, this right. is a story about Mr. You. Right. Again, they only give him by the one name. But he was wanted by the police for stealing $13,000 worth of potatoes. That's not the exciting part of the story. He lives in China, um, and his crime wasn't really that exciting. In reality, he just skipped out on payment uh, on a bulk purchase of potatoes. Okay, um, and they just charged him with stealing. Yeah, and All so right. since he never paid up, he got a theft charge. Okay. So he hadn't been arrested yet. He was on the lam from the law, dodging the police as you would. Um, he was even using his younger brother's name and ID whenever he would go places um, so that he wouldn't have a record of him since he knew he was wanted. Is you not the family name? Well, I, he's still not him, though, I guess. Okay. So, yeah. you know, he's not the wanted person. Sure. Um, but anyways, I don't know how that works. Their naming system really confuses me. But here's here's where they get him. So while he was attending a, uh, and I don't know this artist, but Jackie Chung, he's a musical artist. Oh, you don't know him? 
<laughs> I mean, come on, Aiden. Um, facial recognition technology at the venue picked him out of the crowd when he was coming through security and automatically notified police where they soon arrived, found him at the venue, and arrested him. Welcome properly. to China, my friend. What I think is crazy is like, so the security camera, like, it's all linked together and it's all automatic. Like, essentially, as soon as the camera picked up, wanted person is just been detected it's like automatic dispatch send an officer which is just crazy like you know and gets wilder than that well they have those cameras everywhere yes millions of cameras everywhere you about to say that yes okay exactly china has and i put it in all caps in my notes a lot of cameras (laughs) just like how london is like, you know, it's not all... worse than London. Yeah, it's not all of England. I mean, you're talking about the volume of cameras is way more in China. But, like, London is an example of, like, super densely populated with cameras. They're facing every direction on every corner and street. They can watch everywhere in London. Yeah, but they have to get people to vote on things like being able to use facial recognition to arrest them. Yeah. You know, like, China can oh, just yeah. do it. Exactly. They, they just do it. But not every Chinese city does it. It's only in certain places, like, for example, in the uh, the city of Shenzhen. They use facial recognition software for, like, everything. So even catching jaywalkers, people smoking in no smoking zones, smoking on the train, any sort of, like, street infraction, like smoking within 50 feet of a building. You know, we've got those kinds of rules here sure. and stuff like that. Basically, anything like that, they log you. They see you do it, and they log you doing it. And then you get a letter in the mail with your fee, like your fine, just like oh, you'd wow. get a parking ticket. Or just like you would get like one of those uh, traffic red yeah. light camera. Exactly, red tickets. light camera. Yeah. And so they just bust jaywalkers all day long. And if you're in uh, certain things that you're a consistent offender of, you can lose privileges. For example, if you're someone that keeps uh, throwing cigarette butts down at the train station, they might just say, you're not allowed to ride the train anymore. Talk about uh, that type of communist economy where they can <laughs> just anything. They can give you, you any kind of penalty for that. Yeah, like they have literally like a, a log and a list and of it's all funny, your infractions uh, and can deny you certain services because you're not treating them the way you should. It's funny. There's three or four of the things, the offenses that you listed that had to do with smoking. and <laughs> That was just the article was referring well, to a lot of those things because of, you know there's dude, a lot of etiquette things involved with smoking. And there's 350 million smokers in China. <laughs> <laughs> There's more people that smoke in China than there are people in the United States, mm-hmm. babies included. So it's kind of a volume problem that they have going on over there. But yeah, they just catch it. that facial recognition stuff's crazy. I've read I've read a little bit about that myself, and the advancements in that with AI is coming from China's government it, with the the testing that they've done with it, with the things that they weren't able to do with it two years ago that they now can do with it. Like you said freaking give someone a ticket for tossing cigarette butts out their window Mm -hmm. whatever it might be that that's crazy yeah they just it's just once they can just pinpoint a face extremely easy on anybody in any camera i've never seen an article that has that linked to like crime rate though to the like murder rate or anything like that oh i'm sure it's just it just makes it easier to catch all crimes like is it any more of a deterrent well you know how it is with some criminals it doesn't matter they'll do it regardless of the risk factor but like i mean surely in with this current technology a simple 
response to it would be wear a mask if you're committing a bad crime because then there's no facial recognition of you. You know, I don't know. Maybe I would imagine is. that you're not allowed to wear masks in China. I would like in also public. 100% agree. You but know, I mean, like, if you're trying to bank heist. So you ever you know, see someone wearing a mask, you know that you're about to get robbed yeah. or killed or something. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 a, it's a dead giveaway. But yeah, man. And I was just sitting there. I, whenever I was reading this article, just to finish on it, I was really thinking a lot about just the future in general. And I feel like with uh, high-resolution cameras being ultra-cheap and storage capacity being ultra-cheap and growing exponentially and connectivity across large distances, I mean, I feel like before we know it, there's going to be cameras in every city, on every corner, looking everywhere all the time with this kind of software that's just going to like basically police the street. That doesn't happen without being voted to happen. Yeah, it just depends on the the scare campaign that somebody sells it to America with, if yeah. it works or not. Yeah. But, I mean, I know that's like giving up some freedoms, Because for, sure. for now, all of the publications that we are seeing in our news that they, link it to China, they are doing so in a negative light. So that way it kind of, you know, oh, they have it, but it's bad because it's China. They had, you know, China's controlling people with it is, is the light that a lot of these articles try mm-hmm. to shed on it. Instead of anything positive that it may or may not be doing, you don't hear that side of it. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the control that they want to have on the American public's, you know, view of that type of thing. Mm-hmm. They don't want us to have a positive view on, because I mean, Hayden, think about that. That's a very socialistic oh. and communist type of mindset is to allow cameras to police us every walking moment in public. You know, but I, you look at it, it's just a robot taking another job. And because, I mean, really, they're but not. But no one has that but job. But they're not going on. No one has the job of watching our every single motion. No, I mean, like, uh, for example, if there's a police officer standing on every single corner across the city and someone jaywalks, they walk out there and ticket them, right? If Not If they're going to be like hardcore, everyone that makes infractions getting a ticket, if they're going to go that route, someone jaywalks, they're going to walk out and ticket them, right? I would imagine In so. theory. In theory. Scientifically yeah. speaking. Um, and then same thing for any other crime or infraction that happens in front of them. Also, say it's a perfect police officer and they know by memory every single wanted person they're current lo- currently looking for so if they see them they can go arrest them but that's, that's not- really not any different because in america they have everyone's picture you have a driver's license i have a driver's license they have your picture they know what you look like don't try and sell to me that a police officer having a perfect quote-unquote what you're trying to describe as perfect knowledge you can't sell that to me is the same as cameras and computers watching us just every saying, single not- second that we're in public it's like What I'm saying in that, if you break it down that way, it's not really anything different. But it's a lot different. It's just a more elite version of the other as far as its perception. You know, a real human police officer is, of course, going to be very good. But a real human police officer is not watching your every every movement. No. But imagine if you had a hundred that were looking in all directions. Okay. They'd catch every crime, right? Surely they would. They would have the ability to, theoretically, yes, catch every crime. So that's what I'm meaning. They're just turning a 
a, a camera and do a hundred police officers looking in a hundred directions. Yeah, I mean, because they they technically what have you access. need to be is you need to be a lobbyist for this kind of shit is what you because <laughs> they to technically do. You need to try have, to go sell. I'm not this. saying I want it. So I'm saying what I'm getting at is, is is if you break it down, what is actually different between the two other than it's just like a superhuman police officer that can see everything all the time versus you, but you're you would require more if, manpower to equal it. You're acting. You're saying it in a way as if it's you're only being watched for the things that you do wrong and not all of the things that you do. Period. Period. And, and that's so the problem that I have, is that you're being watched on all of the things you do. But again, I period. can say, what's different about that than a police officer staying on the corner staring at you as you walk down the street? Because it's a computer and it's being logged into a database. Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. I'm just I'm uh, just making the argument. You I'm know? being followed right now. I <laughs> <laughs> we can go on days for that. But you know what I mean? I just I like I, when, you, when you break you it down here. like that to me, I feel like it's there's not a lot of fundamental differences other than like you said maybe just the logging aspect but hell that cop could still be whipping out that notebook and saying this guy but again you know we're talking about every citizen everywhere yeah at all times like that's just not something that uh our governments are supposed to do am i the only one around here gives a shit about the rules everybody have you heard so today happens to be the 50th anniversary of the big mac and I thought oh, it was man. only necessary to talk a few things Mac-related. And, of course, make sure you and I had this conversation once and for all on the Big Red Van podcast. Big Mac or Whopper? Oh, see, I, I'm when it comes to McDonald, and I know you're going to agree with me on this, I'm more the Royale with cheese route. I'm very it, Royale it, with cheese. When it comes to McDonald's burgers. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially now that they cook them like, right when you say Royale with cheese. Oh, yeah. I also am big on the uh, the classic. I think is what it's called, which is literally a Whopper. I've never had the classic. Oh, is that what I may be messing up the name? But it's literally all the same ingredients in the exact same order as a Whopper, but with a Royale with cheese base. It's this. It tastes very similar. But I'm going to go with Whopper on the, oh, on the better surprise. The better burger, simply because of how they cook it. Whoppers are like legit, like flame broiled, like on a on a broiler. Whereas McDonald's is fried on a skillet, and I'm just more on the broiler flavor than the fried skillet. Same. I actually am Whopper. I'm Team Whopper myself, yeah. and I know it comes with fries. And I'm just I'm pro Burger King fry man. I'm not as big a fan since they made them the thick ones. Oh God, give me those thick fries. I hate the thick ones. God, salt They're, them up, yo. Mm, no, gotta I, have. It. I was a little bummed by that that move. Well, anyway, to kick off the madness today, McDonald's was giving all their customers what they are calling Mac Coin, along with any purchase of the sandwich. That's right, Hayden. Like a cryptocurrency. Whopper Coin has some true burger competition. <laughs> Speaking of it, did you did you happen to go and look and see what how Whopper Coin's doing? No. Oh no. What if it was worth like a million dollars a coin? The day that the release was chosen was a way to commemorate the one hundredth birthday of the creator of the Big Mac, a guy named Jim Delegati. I know a guy who also happened to be a very early McDonald's franchise owner in the, say like the Pennsylvania area, I think it was. So what does the coin buy you for now? You get Nothing! A penny. A sandwich, of course. So you can turn it back in for another sandwich? Yeah. 
for another Big Mac. Or hold on to it and watch the value skyrocket. Who knows what'll happen with such a silly thing. <laughs> you know? Burger King is popular and that Whopper coin thing last year was funny, but Mac coin probably has a chance to gain some demand, I would say. Big Mac's been around for fifty years. McDonald's has more history than Burger King. You know, that just reminds me this is just the same thing from like the back in the day all over again what was the kind of crap you would get at like mcdonald's and all the fast food restaurants with the collectible crap like mcdonald's did the plates and then they did literally gold coins Mm -hmm. you know like stuff like that they had all the grimace and the hamburger and all that stuff on it burger king would do the same thing like collector items it's like now they can just give it to you as a digital thing that's literally they don't there's no monetary amount applied to it other than a coupon and the demand that people want it yeah that's where the monetary amount comes from is the demand of it which is crazy because that's how all that stuff works with bitcoin (laughs) but you they didn't have to manufacture anything is my point this promotional item that they're like using instead of it being like a tangible thing it's well i mean i guess that makes my brain go to a spot of maybe it is kind of tangible but it's a combination of a bunch of tangible things it's just funny it's a com it's a tangible beef it's the lettuce, it's the tomato, <laughs> it's the special sauce. There's some value there. It's the bread, it's the person doing the work. So instead of going to Venezuela and just getting a Petro, which is based on oil, you can get a Mac coin, which is based on all of those things I just listed. The so beef industry, you could just the buy bread a, industry. You could buy a lot of Big Macs, like every breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day, and just rack up some Mac coins. Some Mac money, yo. You'd be the <laughs> Mac daddy. Yeah, even if it goes up 20%, like, legit. Seriously, though, have you ever heard of the Big Mac Index? No, this can't be a real <clears> thing. Legitimate. This is a real thing, all right? And it's it's really cool. It's a tool that's used by countries to measure the rate of exchange from one country's currency to another. Because and McDonald's is so international, like, in every country? S- simply put, it shows how much it costs to buy a Big Mac. All things considered, of course, like overhead, manufacturing costs, all of that, what I just was going through, <laughs> differently in different countries. Hilarious That's... but true, but we measure our money in other countries based on the Big Mac. That makes so much sense, though, because that's a single product thing that is quite literally in nearly every country. Sands a few dictatorships in some countries that are in rough shape right now. And it measures a lot of different parts of the economy, from mm-hmm. importing to exporting to different businesses. Like I said, the farming to the beef business to wow. to the workforce and all of those things. How much it costs <laughs> That's to, hilarious. for a Big Mac. The Big Mac Index. Look it up. It is. I'm not bullshitting. It's really cool. I read about it in a book. Everybody, have you heard? So, uh, there's water on Mars, but we've kind of already known that for a few years. You've known that since you were a kid. Well, I mean... Deep in your heart. They've always you've been able to see the ice that's built up at the poles, but they were like kind of assumed that was mostly frozen carbon dioxide or something. Uh, but it's actually water. A lot of it is. But then what they also know, but you know, it being frozen is not a big deal. There's frozen water everywhere in space. Sure. That's not the big deal. Got to find that liquid, got to find that juicy water. That liquid. But anyway, so they they did find liquid water in the dirt a few years ago. Like one of the rovers was able to discover that if you dig down below the surface, there's actually moisture in the ground that's everywhere. Basically, you could uh, pull out x number of ounces of water out of every cubic foot of dirt you would dig up so they were actually thinking about like engineering ideas of how to get water on mars once they get people there 
And they're like, we can just extract it right out of the dirt. And so they were coming up with like engineering ideas. Of it how might to not be that. as hard as we thought. Yeah. Because, you know, of course, they got to bring a lot of your stuff, especially water. That's a lot of weight to put on a spaceship to bring if you're going to need like eight months worth of recyclable water. So what if you can get most of it once you're there? Here you are. You're going to, this is a case to go to Mars. Oh, yeah. So on the July 25th of this year, the European Space Agency, the ESA, uh, they made a discovery um, and they found a lake of liquid water underneath the ice on the South Pole of Mars. It's deep under the ice and it's uh, suspected to be, of course, very, very salty, upwards of like basically brine water. Most life on Earth probably wouldn't be able to live in it. Sure. Even the extremophiles and crazy parts of the Earth. Maybe we would use it as an ice melting agent. <laughs> yeah. We could really use it on our driveways. Yeah. So scientists had already been theorizing before this discovery that there's could potentially be pockets of water uh, where the temperature is just right on Mars simply because of the fact that they found moisture in the ground. So with moisture in the ground, of course, means somewhere surely there's got to be like a pocket of water sure it's settled somewhere mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's got to be so of course they found one and they used it by uh or they discovered it using ground penetrating radar called the mars advanced radar for subsurface and ionosphere sounding shortened as marsis um, that was carried out by the uh, mars express spacecraft that was sent a couple years ago that was orbiting and has been taking radar samples as it's orbiting around uh, Mars. But the large lake is, like I said, on the South Pole under a lot of dust and glacial ice. They were scanning the 124-square-mile area of ice, and the ice goes down nearly a mile on the poles, which is a lot like how Antarctica is. It sure. It's miles deep. But when the data came back, they noticed there was a 12-square-mile section that came back with results of liquid water being present underneath the ice. Now, when I say lake, it's uh, basically the radar scan is not conclusive on how deep, but it is at a minimum of about a foot deep. Right. So there's at least like a foot of melted water, if not like muddy, slushy water underneath the ice. So there is liquid water, but we're not talking about like, you know, a lake as you would think about a lake. When we hear lake, (laughs) we're thinking like... You know, like Norris Lake. But just the fact that there could be puddled water underneath the ice is pretty, you know, exciting to think about. Of course, that's going to be one of those things that's near impossible to take samples of unless we did a pull the hole like, you know, uh, Michael Bay Armageddon style movie with the... taking miners <laughs> to Mars and drilling uh, to set off the nuke. But uh, but yeah, man. I, just super Bruce cool. Willis is still available. Yeah, he probably is. He would do it. I, he would definitely do it. Are you kidding me? I think me? he would do it. He would do it with uh, the same facial expression on his face as every other movie. Did you hear about that? Like he just had a roast. Did you watch the Bruce Willis roast? Oh, no. Yeah, I'm I mean, going to have to look that up, though. I missed it, too. But apparently Sybil Shepard, uh, somebody roasted her pretty good. It's even so, so raunchy, I can't even repeat it on our podcast what they said about her old crusty parts of her body oh no but um yeah that was funny but yeah so it's it's going to be something really difficult to ever prove anything with because it's so deep but uh the uh, ground penetrating radar is pretty accurate i mean of course they use they test it over earth to see what kind of results they can get and of course it's they know what water looks like when it comes back on the radar sure so they're like yeah we're gonna have to get some drills up there Mm -hmm. musk is already working on it so I mean, hell, there there could already be bacteria all in the dirt 
that we're just we can't test for it because we don't have the ability to do molecular testing yeah, like that okay, on our rover. Yeah, okay, but let's let's think about this though. All right. What if that bacteria is like harmful to the human race? Oh, well, to that's... the point we bring it back here and we test for it and then it ends up wiping out humanity. That's like one of those things like that's one of their biggest concerns whenever we're going to places like that, like even the moon, like they like quarantined everybody and like kept them in like sealed suits and all that stuff when they were transporting once they got them out of the the pods and back home and like they kept them away from everybody for a while just in case they came back with some sort of moon bacteria right you know same kind of concept like everything has to be sterile and prepped and care taken and stuff because we could do the same thing to the mars planet if we discover there's this whole ecosystem of algaes and small bacteria and stuff growing in this water and then we drop one of our bacteria in there and it just wipes them the whole civilization out that's not good either so that was kind of the it goes both ways yeah i feel like that's not a concern for a lot oh no of people, not though, no not know. at all but it's definitely something in the game plan for sure like, that's a constant thought of all of our Mars exploration. Like, listen, I don't want your bacteria. You don't want my bacteria. Yeah. <laughs> you just stay out of my butthole. Exactly. Time for break number two, right? See. And we come back for the last round? Yeah. Hey, Big Red Van listeners. I'm Levi Johnson, brother of Hayden Johnson, who I believe you're listening to right this very second. And I have a podcast about sandwiches with my good friend, Walt Braley. And I will be filling in as interim host while Joe Blackstock is off traveling through time. Yeah, Joe has gone back in time to find the first sandwich. So you can hear about those escapades in the upcoming episodes of SandwichCast. So listen to us. You can find us on iTunes. And you can follow us on Instagram at, at SandwichCastPod. SandwichCast. SandwichCast. It's in your mouth. Everybody, have you heard? So what would you say was the number one motivator for you as a kid to do, like, any kind of chore or work? Mm, money helped. That's actually where I'm kind of going. It was money like the rest of us? Yeah, just because, you know, like, I was your typical 90s kid. It was like, I wanted that cool new product. Because the 90s, we were quite the consumer of uh, the cool things. Like, had to have that N64, you know. Had to have the... The starter jacket. Yeah. Exa- yeah. Oh, yeah. Had a starter jacket. Of course. Totally. Yeah. You those know. those were like $180, $200, man. To get a real one with the S on it. I got a, a cow- I got a Cowboys one. Of course you from did. From the outlet store. And I think it was on sale, but, but I had a Cowboys one. One of four boys, my mom motivated us with money. So during the summers, she came up with this chore chart that Perfect. had a list of all the chores and the ones that were harder, you would earn more money. Of course. So you would just sign so up. So that you for, would be more inclined. Of course. Like mow the yard was like $10, you know, clean the bathroom was like $2. So there's all these different things that we could do. And I think the total amount of all the, cho- the chores was like $25. So that way my parents weren't going broke paying all four of us boys of a bunch of money. But we had to fight over all the chores being done. And if they weren't done right, we didn't get our money. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't just like you couldn't could just a, rush it. Can do a half-assed job doing the dishes just because you wanted three bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that was something that very, very smart for my mom to come up with. That Steph, actually, Steph and I have actually talked about a couple times with our kids. Ditto. That when they're old enough, there's going to be like a there's going to be a chore incentive laden chore chart. Yeah. And but what's the incentive? Is it just is it not getting your ass whipped or yelled at? Is or is it? <laughs> You know, what? what's the incentive? I think it's but. more of a you're not allowed to go play until. Sure. 
that was you know there for us too yeah but she only did it in the summers and it was fun for us because you know we didn't have school and we were in the house bothering the shit out of her all day (laughs) and we needed to have money to go to the pool or whatever so anyway leave it to mark zuckerberg to come up with a way for high school kids to earn scholarship money for achieving milestones throughout their careers before college so students now have the ability to slowly earn money for college gradually through exemplary behavior or results in classes not only having to get like all the money at once, say, mm-hmm. on a scholarship the way that they used to be, a grant or a scholarship where it's either you do or you don't get it, you know? Example here, at Penn State University, they offer $120 for an A in core courses. They give you $100 if you get elected captain of an organization, huh. $100 for not missing a day of school all year long, and $5 for every hour of community service that you complete. Boom. I like it a lot. So there are currently over 300 colleges on this platform offering these incentives, and students can earn as much as $80,000 over the course of four years in high school. That's like the cap. Oh, like that. Oh, okay. I was that's the say, most like, you can earn. <laughs> I thought you were saying that, like, uh, that's the... Um the most physical amount of work someone could possibly put in is eighty thousand without dying. Yes, or, yeah. There's only so many hours in the day. You know, there's those overachievers that have already maxed it out. There's That's crazy, dude. If you could seriously make eighty thousand dollars for your schooling in high school just by making good grades and volunteering, and you don't have to be one that was selected for a scholarship, right? It's just there if you just want to do it. Because this is a scholarship, and these are earned on the way. What if you only want to go to community college? And what if you only need to earn $2,000, you know? Yeah. What, whatever. What if you want to go to trade service school? alone. Yeah. I mean, I guess technically that's not as good as if you were just, like, go and get a normal job and then just save all your money. <laughs> but think of, about it when you're... 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, you know, going through it. Yeah. So, but anyway, there are currently over 1.2 million students that have been sent to college through this platform. So it's clearly working in terms of getting more students into the next step. Of course, there are critics, all walks of life. There are people who are going to tell you that you're doing something wrong. They're here as well. But they're saying that this turns school into a money game where the bigger colleges will still win and not the students. As it is currently set up, the colleges themselves select the awards given for the achievements, meaning one school can offer $100 for an A, and another school might only be able to offer $20 for an A. Some educators are worried that smaller specialty colleges may lose their appeal to students, and that they could get blinded by following the money to a school rather than their individual passion that drives them to attending college in the first place. So you and I have talked about on and off air about how college is not for everyone. I think we've, you know, discussed it many times on the show, actually. Mm -hmm. Maybe this would be, you know, essentially put more people into college, but who knows? Maybe it'll be put more people into college that can't make it and won't make it. Well, it's like, I guess the the tech schools kind of do the same thing. They're like, hey, you got to pay up front to, to take your courses, but... We can virtually guarantee you a career once you graduate because we partner with all these companies. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, it's almost like the same thing. Yeah. And I think that there's a very uh, strong, as far as trying hard to line. rope people in. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I think in this situation, there's a hard line where 
the money has to be used for that instance. Like it, there is no like cash value to this. There is no, yeah, like, that's a good point. Cash because on out scholarships, and, if you're over, you get more scholarships, you can straight cash that out and use it for whatever. Right. On a lot of scholarships, people use it to live on and stuff like that. Side note, did you hear about, uh, Zuckerberg? I didn't know this, but, uh, he's banned. Facebook is banned in China. Like they're a highly restricted and regulated company. And because he won't, allow the government to censor the Facebook platform instead of the his regulators censoring, instead of Facebook censoring their own platform. Mm-hmm. China wants to censor it over there, and they won't allow it. So they've been banned there ever since Facebook launched. In what, like 2008? Was that when Facebook was founded? Something like oh, that. Oh, no, it's... 2004. That sounds more right. 2004. Yeah. Anyway, they, the only time they've been in China is for like a 30-day, like temporary time that they were granted there and then it was revoked and then never renewed anyway they got approved to be there to set up an an operation and within five minutes it got revoked (laughs) so no facebook in china of course it's too easy to share unpopular anti-commie propaganda everybody have you heard so the only thing we should fear is fear itself heard that or not, thanks to cat poop. It's poop again. <laughs> um, so it's called toxoplasma, which is found in cat feces. Yeah, cat cat poop can carry some crazy shit. Yeah, we actually talked uh, about this a little bit <laughs> on, a, on an episode a long literally. time ago. I didn't take the time to look it up, but we did talk about this, like how the cat urine and feces contains this stuff called toxoplasms that carry a parasite. Like the worms. That gets into mice. That makes them not fear cats or the smell of cats. And so the mouse would just like wander out in front of a cat. Cat nabs it. Gotcha, bitch! It's like a weird thing that uh, cat feces can have. Which is like biologically insane. Oh, yeah. It's like cordyceps mushrooms that take over insects. I know you've seen it. They have a a thing about it in uh, Planet Earth, the first one, where the ant colony that gets the cordyceps mushroom growing out of the ant's forehead and they turn into zombies and like march themselves yes. up high and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you said you had to say the mushroom growing out of its forehead before yeah, yeah, I realized yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy where it just like takes over, hijacks parts of their brain and just makes them do stuff. And so like this stuff will make a mouse, if it, even if it smells cat urine or cat feces, it won't think, oh, this is a predator. I should probably get out of here. He, you know, he's What's he's up, just, buddy? He's like, hey, this is fine. <laughs> um, he's tripping out watching tom and jerry yeah and then what's funny about that is so then the cat eats it because that's the easy mouse to catch it gets the parasites back into the cat's body again it gets expelled back out in feces and urine again to spread out further out to infect more mice well see and that's what i'm saying is biologically it's like a weapon for the cat Mm -hmm. so the fact that their body is able to do that to be able to because they eat mice like a lot yeah all i gotta do is go poop and then hope i gotta find mice poop poop next to the mouse poop and then I'll have a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll have mice for life. <laughs> Teach um, a cat to poop by mice poop. Feed a cat for life. So uh, people can catch it from handling droppings from cats that are newly infected. Uh, most people catch the parasite when eating poorly cooked meat, however. Mm. Um, but toxo 
plasmosis. I really thought you were going to say they catch it from eating cat poop. Oh, God. That shit is gross! Um, but toxoplasmosis is the illness caused by the parasite, and it's mostly known uh, for its danger to pregnant women. You know, the whole thing, like, you're not supposed to have a cat with a litter box in the house. Yes. When you got a pregnant lady in the of course. house. This is why. It's that toxoplasma chemical with the parasites sure um but it can make in people have a weakened immune system uh, or if you already have a weakened immune system that is um you can actually get pretty ill from it but most people don't even know that they have it um more than 30 million men women and children in the u.s actually have it right now but very few have any symptoms because most people's immune systems keep the parasite from causing any sort of illness to you but toxoplasmosis has also been linked to a greater risk of car accidents, mental illness, uh, neuroticism, drug abuse, and suicide. So the parasite, basically, you know, you, you got me on this, like, or you understand me on this, which, where it makes rodents basically unafraid of cats. Yes, I totally get that. By reducing the fear of um, failure, they're thinking that the same kind of thing happens in humans, too, that get it infected, although very subtly. But we are actually affected by it the same way the mice are. Um, so they haven't been able to prove it distinctly yet, but they can prove that the toxoplasma does get into your brain when you're infected by it, and it's been linked to a variety of mental effects in mice and people alike. So you could imagine a lack of fear could be also one of the side effects in humans, just like it is in the mouse. But in particular, the scientists have, to study, have tried to study whether the parasite might increase our risk-taking behavior. So they just got these people in a lab to eat a bunch of cat poop? Hmm, this is a tasty burger. And then they're like, uh, will you jump off this cliff? No, basically what they did is they took a huge group of people, I think it was 1,500 students, as well as 200 people that had come to this seminar that they hosted. So they're like, hey, you want some toxoplasmosis? Uh, well, no, they <laughs> because already so many people in the world have it, right? So what they did was they interviewed all the people and asked basically like, you know, what were they going to college for? What were their aspirations in life? And they had all these different things that they interviewed them about. And 22% of the people they tested had been exposed to toxoplasma, whether they had it or they had the antibodies to fight it off in their body, meaning they had been infected at some point in their life. So 22% of the group had that. Out of the people that were infected, there was a 1.7% uh, increase in people that were they're studying to be an emphasis as in an entrepreneurial goal in their future. I mean, they were planning on opening their own business. Okay. So like they were more on the, the risk taker side. Okay. If you, if this is what they're trying to, like, sure. you know what I mean? But of all the people that were infected, there was more people that were going into an entrepreneurial role or they were at that seminar because they were planning on taking a risk and opening their own business. Okay. So there was an increase of more people that were into that than the people that weren't infected. And opening your own business is more akin to taking a risk than liking money? Uh, they're basically just trying <laughs> to say, like, obviously, if you're going to open your own business... I mean, psychologically, You're going to have to take a risk, right? You're taking a risk. You've got to hope that your plan of the business you're opening is going to be a good plan, and you're going to make money. And it's not going to, you know, put you in debt. Agreed. So, But you also have to be someone that loves money and control. So which one of those? Well, so that's the other thing. Not only did it, like, did they think that it might, like I said before, it also thought neuroticism is also a side effect. Like, thinking that you're just the best at everything, if that makes sense. Yeah. You don't Narc have any... Narcissism? 
neuroticism. Like being neurotic? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But you know what I mean. This is their what they're trying to see if they can make a correlation sure. to. So people that have cats and are around cat poop all the time are... Uh, Crazy. Post, post selfies a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and take uh, and go, you know, skydiving and do that kind of shit. I guess so, maybe. Cause, uh, we need to start researching our friends that have cats and their behaviors. This article... See if 1.7% of them are, you know, 1.7% more likely to open their own business <laughs> one day. <laughs> I mean... They, it's a stretch, but here's the thing: is it really does happen in the mouse, right? So, who's to say if they can't figure out how to synthesize the chemical that makes that happen in the mouse into a direct a pill or something like that? Who's to say that they couldn't make a non-narcotic? Because of course, you could give somebody a bunch of heroin, and they're not going to give a shit about anything, right? You know, they're not going to be afraid to do anything, right? But they also probably can't function, right? But who's to say we couldn't come up with a pill that takes all of your fear away? Imagine sending like soldiers into battle that are 100% aware, but also unafraid of anything. Yeah, LSD did that in <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> but they were same also, exact they're, thing. They're they were also trying to control their mind. At the yeah. same time, you know. They were trying to control their mind and, you know, tap into that, that loss of inhibition and loss of, uh, like what you, you're categorizing as loss of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, basically, if they're right and there is a correlation to it actually has an effect in humans, then that's just the on down the line. That's the next step is okay, well, how do we synthesize this and how do we make it more concentrated where we can have a stronger effect and et cetera, et cetera. And that's before, mind control, yo. And then before you know it, you have a pill that makes you fear nothing. Yeah, and uh, turns that part of your brain off that's pretty awesome that it comes from cat poop i i think that one of the coolest things about all of that is the fact that it's like a evolutionary eating technique for the cat mm-hmm. i mean the domestic house cat has been around mice since it's been around yeah and for it to have you know kind of developed that um bacteria in its gut over the years and that it's literally think about it that is a way to yeah. eat it, all you got to do is just find out where mice live. You don't even have to catch the mice if the if the cat's brain could work that way. Yeah, all you got to do is poop where you think mice might be. Right. You'll infect the mouse, and then the mouse will just kind of wander out in front of you. Yeah. And you're a fat, lazy cat like the cat I had when I was growing up. See, and I was around cats my whole life, and I was actually a pretty reserved kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't take risks. This also but. doesn't say that every cat has this in them. It's just like a very common parasite that most cats walk around with. Yeah, it's like a it's one of those things that people say about cats. Yeah. Yeah, cat poop will make you crazy. <laughs> I guess it might. That's crazy. That's pretty cool, man. But that's all I got. I like that. I'm done too. Thank you everybody for listening to this episode. Uh we will catch you on the next one. <laughs>